Hi, this is Chris Baldwin, a.k.a. Fight Goddess with Skull Combat Sports Equipment, and you are listening to Eddie Goldman with No Holds Barred. Hi, my name is Melissa Smith from GirlBoxing.org, and I'm listening to No Holds Barred with Eddie Goldman. Everyone around the world, once again, this is Eddie Goldman on No Holds Barred. On this edition of the show, we once again spoke with our colleagues Chris Baldwin of The War Room and Melissa Smith of Girl Boxing on The War Room. A video of this discussion has also been posted on the War Sports YouTube page. We spoke with them by Zoom Friday, August 12th. Allegations of corruption continued to be made against the International Boxing Association, IBA, which is still under suspension by the International Olympic Committee. IBA will not be allowed to organize the boxing at the 2024 Paris Olympics, which will be done by the IOC themselves, and boxing remains excluded entirely from the program of the 2028 Los Angeles Olympics. Rising in opposition to the current IBA leadership is the Common Cause Alliance. On July 25th, they sent an open public letter to the IBA board explaining why the upcoming IBA Congress in September should not be held in Armenia. The main reasons were major problems including security at the EUBC Elite Men's Championships held in May in Armenia and Armenia's political and military ties to Putin's Russia during Russia's war of aggression against Ukraine. The letter was signed by leaders of 15 national boxing federations, including some of the most successful countries in Olympic boxing. The U.S., the Philippines, Finland, Australia, Iceland, Chechia, Switzerland, New Zealand, France, Canada, Denmark, England, Sweden, Ireland, and the Netherlands. We discussed the ongoing crisis in Olympic boxing and how this affects both professional and amateur boxing. We also discussed some of the latest boxing news, including updates on the Alexander Usyk-Anthony Joshua rematch August 20th in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, and the Clarissa Shields-Savannah Marshall fight September 10th in London, and much more. Now, for that discussion. Welcome back to the War Room, my beautiful people and fight fans from all around the world. I am your fight goddess, Chris Baldwin, and I am here with my boy, the conscious of combat sports, Mr. Eddie Goldman, and my sister in the boxing family, Melissa Smith. She is a women's boxing historian, and today we are going to give you an update on the, the mess that is Olympic boxing right now and the IBA, and Eddie broke it down in a, in his, you know, he's always clear and concise in his articles, which I love, Eddie, on Patreon. So let's talk a little bit about where we are right now, because the IBA 
might be wiped off the map forever. They may not come back, but right now they're really trying to pull it together so that they can get boxing back on the program, which it looks like it may not be on the program for 2028 uh, at the Los Angeles game. So Eddie, uh, break this down for us. Tell us where we are right now and what you think is gonna look like come 2024 or 2028. Well, it's it's a huge mess. It's a huge uh, sinkhole, and they're slipping deeper and deeper into it. And 2024, the boxing will be organized directly by the IOC task force, which does not include uh, IBA. In 2028 in Los Angeles, it's it's not even on the preliminary program. They're adding other sports like skateboarding which has its own scandal, if you look that up, another scandalous sport. And there are more and more divisions and there are people within IBA trying to reform it who are being uh, resisted and opposed by the leadership. And the latest battle came over something that you would think might be a kind of routine matter about where to have their next Congress which is going to be on September 25th. The reason they have to have a second Congress this year is because earlier this year, they had what was supposed to be their regular Congress and they voted for president and the board of directors. And the day before in uh, Putin style, the uh, opposition candidate, Boris Vandervoort, was uh, excluded on some ridiculous technicalities, along with five of his uh, himself and some associates running for the board of directors. They appealed to the Court of Arbitration for Sport, who said that at most they should have been given a light sanction for campaigning outside of the time allotted and things like that. And that Omar Kremlev, the president of RBA, had done the same thing. But whatever should have been done that should that was not something that should have led to their being disqualified for the election. So they didn't even order new elections, but uh, Kremlin said, okay, we'll have another one for president, but they haven't scheduled another one for board of directors. So they, so they said they opened bidding for the new, the, the second Congress this year, and they chose Armenia. And Kremlin issued a statement saying that one of the key reasons for this is a quote, Armenia showed their great organizational skills during the EUBC, that's the European Boxing Confederation, elite men's championships in May this year. Well, this was opposed by the Common Cause Alliance and a letter that was signed by representatives of 15 national boxing federations, including some of the strongest in the world, oppose this, and this is the U.S., the Philippines, Finland, Australia, Iceland, Chechia, Switzerland, New Zealand, France, Canada, Denmark, England, Sweden, Ireland, and the Netherlands. And they wanted the Congress to be held in Lausanne, Switzerland, where the IOC has its headquarters, and most of the international federations have the headquarters. But it was even more than that. They specifically objected to holding it in Armenia. And I'm just going to read this, what they, they claimed as the first of their two main reasons. Quote, McLaren Independent Investigation Team 
It's currently conducting an investigation into the disturbing events that took place at the 2022 EUBC Men's Elite European Boxing Championships in Yerevan, including allegations of corruption, unauthorized intrusions into the field of play, and the subsequent interventions of the EUBC board in matters of on-site management of competition officials. Now that this is the this is the event that I just read the quote that Kremlin said was so wonderful, <clears throat> and the Common Cause Alliance uh, statement continues: the president of the Armenian Boxing Federation is a subject of this investigation as a member of the EUBC board of directors. Representatives of the Armenian team were among those breaching the field of play without an authorization which led to numerous disruptions of the competition, as well as prompting serious security concerns, unquote. Now, this investigation is going on, as they say, and all these right now are allegations. Why the hell, the, of all the countries out there, do, do you pick this country to hold your Congress where there have been serious security concerns over just a boxing tournament, that that uh, a continental boxing tournament that took place. The second reason was more political, and involved Armenia's ties to Putin's and Kremlin's Russia. And they wrote, "quote The Armenian government is a close military and political ally of the Russian government, which is currently conducting an illegal military invasion of Ukraine." The Russian military is currently stationed in Armenia, including the Russian 102nd military base in Gyurmri, probably mispronouncing that, and the Russian 3,624th air base in Urumbi Airport near Yerevan. Yerevan, by the way, is the capital of Armenia. The cooperation between the Armenian and Russian governments is organized under the Collective Security Treaty Organization. Unquote. So this is where they chose to hold their Congress in a country that's basically a military ally and in some ways militarily dependent after Azerbaijan's a war with well, Armenia's war with Azerbaijan earlier this year, which uh, Russia intervened and basically on the side of Armenia. So it's no surprise that this is where Kremlin is putting them. So these the, all these quotes were from a public letter that was issued on July 25th from the Common Cause Alliance to the IBA board that was made available to us. And this is a public, and I asked about this, this is a public letter, go ahead and post it. I don't know how many places have posted it, has all this information on it. And right now, leading up to this Congress, not surprisingly, Kremlev is traveling all over, particularly the Middle East and Africa, presumably gathering up votes and setting up boxing academies and tournaments and looks like he's thrown a lot of money around to, to different organizations. Because if you look at the 15 countries that signed this, you did not see countries from uh, the Middle East or from Africa on there many of which are very smaller federations and particularly in Africa have very, very limited or scant 
uh, scant resources. So there's a lot of trickeration going on. And the IOC, to use Thomas Bach's strange phrase, is not amused by all of this. And another investigation into this, this 2022 tournament in Armenia, all of this under Kremlin's leadership is certainly not, not going to help it. And so what, the question also in terms of their funding, we've discussed a lot how they're right now dependent on money from Gazprom, the Russian state-controlled energy giant. But that's going to uh, run out at the end of the year. And so who's going who's gonna to support them? And they're just little hints. Kremlev was in Kuwait, and he opened up a Kuwaiti boxing academy and had a tournament there. They've been very active in getting involved in the Olympic movement, although with their own series of scandals. We see the money that Saudi Arabia is putting into professional boxing. You know, I just I don't have specific information on this, but if I had a guess that that's what he's trying to get some support from, from one or another of these right. oil rich Middle Eastern monarchies, Qatar, for example, is hosting the World Cup starting in November, probably the biggest uh, tournament in the world for football. So they're in a total mess. And it doesn't seem to be getting getting better. I expect the Congress to sort of rubber stamp uh, Kremlev when he runs. Uh, Vandervoort is expected to run against him, and there, there's no new schedule for an election for the board of directors. So all this stuff, all this trickeration. This is like Putin-style elections: disqualify your opponents, arrest right. your opponents, all this kind of stuff, and it ju it just doesn't fly. So I, a, I do have a question for you, Eddie. You know, sure. the, our, the, the men's competition in Armenia was also the first time that uh, there was real prize money given to the winning fighters. Has there been any indication of corruption on that side as well? They Has may just be giving out this? money. The only, look, I don't have access to their books, but where is their income coming from? Do they have TV rights? Do they sell a large amount of uh, tickets, like a lot of these big professional fights? Do they sell uh, merchandise? It seems that they're just a trickle coming in. So how are they giving out this money? It looks like they're just giving out the money that they got from Gazprom to you know to the fighters. It's it's something that's unsustainable, and that's one of the things even the IOC, which is good at bankrupting countries or cities that host this Summer Olympics anyway, has said, this doesn't work. Your finances just don't work. It's it's too messed up even for the IOC, which is quite an accomplishment. Right. What happens well, if the what happens if the IOC decides there'll be no more boxing? What happens to the IBA at that point? IBA may continue to exist, but in most countries, I think the US is different. But in most countries, the funding for the Olympic, the National Olympic Federations in various sports comes from the government in addition to sponsors. It'll, and they'll work directly with the Ministry of Sport. We don't have anything like, like that in the United States, where it's much more privatized, although there'll be some government money. And, and 
IBA had existed prior to the Olympics. I mean, it, IBA has always been in the Olympics. I mean, that's because they handle the elite fighting internationally. I think boxing was earlier than than it was when it was Aiba. I think. When, when it, yeah, exactly. When it was Aiba, they were managing that, but they were also managing all the elite international competitions, which are held in the alternate years when the Olympics right. isn't held. So um, it presumably IBA or some successor organization continues. Otherwise, not only will the Olympic movement for boxing collapse, but just international co competition will also collapse, which will be catastrophic to the sport, especially for women, because they have had extraordinary opportunity to come and rise through the amateurs and national programs and then compete internationally. And it's had an enormous impact from the growth of the sport and on funding availability um, within the home countries of where these competition competitors come from. Right. There's also, um, IBA also manages all of the JO Junior Olympic competitions, which are international which, you know, the United States has had some real success. And while there are games like, you know, the Pan American Games or the Commonwealth Games for Commonwealth countries, European nationals, a lot of that filters through IBA at some level or the, its prior iteration, IEBA. And uh, with that, that organization in place, it, as I said, it really will become very difficult for men and women oh, to compete. At all levels, but in particular, it will affect women in the in their own national programs because right, because that funnel dries up, right? That it's funnel like, dries up, and yeah. and you know, if you use the United States as a case, women who are elite female fighters who compete in nationally, who hold national titles, they they're supported by USA Boxing. They have a place to live in Colorado at the Olympic Center. They're sponsored in their um, in their competitions. You know, uh, Christina Cruz, as an example, only chose to come become professional in the last year because she lost out on her last opportunity to compete in the Olympics. She had maintained her amateur status because she was she was winning national titles. Why? Because the money was sure. You know, she had a place to live. She had opportunities to compete. And to compete at a high level. So if that goes away, that'll have a really, really detrimental effect on women in particular, because there will be nowhere else for them to go. And yeah. they're like going to end up being forced into a professional world, which has zero respect without Olympic gold behind you. You know, I, I expect that if IBA uh, tank and a boxing is off the program in 2028 that somebody is going to try to come along to fill that vacuum somewhere again between the Middle East and monarchies also the professional sanctioning bodies like WBC and WBA have in the past expressed an interest in amateur boxing Vladimir Klitschko also did although of course you know with the war in Ukraine you know, he, he's focused on that, defending his country against Russia. So I just expect something is going to something is going to try to fill that void. Whether or not they're successful, I don't know. But I just don't see the way that IBA 
gets out of this is if Kremlev is uh, reelected, especially by a huge margin on September 25th. Right. So we are uh, speaking of uh, the war in Ukraine. We are eight days away from this Joshua and Yusik fight. And uh, I've seen no press. I've seen no promos on the zone. So what the hell is going on with this fight? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? The, sh- the shadow. No, nobody knows. <laughs> yeah. Look, the Saudis got the TV rights for this skill challenge entertainment, and they did sell it for the UK and Ireland to Sky Sports box office, which jacked up the price there to pay per view to twenty six pounds ninety five, up from twenty four ninety five. For the last Joshua fight, and up from 1995, from just a year or two, whatever it was, a couple right. of years ago. And the only other country that we definitely know, and we're recording this eight days before the fight, is Ukraine, where it was reportedly gifted to Usyk to show that fight for free in Ukraine on his YouTube channel and the local channels. There, there were media reports that the zone was going to get it for the rest of the world. That may still happen. However, we are eight days away, and it is not official that they've signed any deal with the zone. So we don't know for sure. Even if it is on a zone pay per view, they've done no promotional material for it. We don't know the price. We don't know the time in the United States because of the time difference. People want to see them. There are some other good fights on the card, but the main event between Yusik and Joshua will start at, what, 4 or 5 or 6 p.m. Eastern. That Saturday, August 20th. Who knows? That's what people are going to want to, going to, want to primarily tune in for if they, if they, they get this. None of this is known and none of this is promoted. Usually in a major fight like this, the way they do it is that the week before fight week, they hold media conference calls or Zoom calls. And then on fight week, they announce the whole schedule with, you know, a lot of hype stuff. But just to get the word out there, the grand arrivals. The main event press conference, the undercard press conference, etc. This is standard operating procedure just to get the headlines. None of this has been announced. Now, the UK press, since it's on Sky Sports, has had a lot of a lot of articles that you can read about this, how valuable and accurate they are is another issue. But outside of that, you haven't had that. And there also, there's so much misinformation out there. For example, on BoxRec, list the wrong venue. As of now, it lists the Jetta Superdome, which people speculated that's where the fight would be before it was officially announced, which is a, a big a domed uh, building where WWE had a card early this year, and there are conferences and a lot of different stuff goes on. And Yet how it's many, not there. How many people in that dome? Can that dome fit? Well, that, that can probably fit 40-some thousand, but it's not there. It's not in Yankee Stadium. It's not in Wembley. It's in the King Abdullah Sports City Sports Hall, 
which according to what I read holds about 10,000 seats. If the, the press release by Matchroom calls it the King Abdullah Sports City Arena, but if you click, and then it gives you a link if you want to buy tickets, it'll say it's the sports hall. So they don't, they don't have that right. Originally, BoxRec was saying that it's unsanctioned. Now they're saying the Dubai Boxing Commission is sanctioning this, whatever, whatever that is. We don't know at this point the officials for the main event. A lot of that stuff is announced during the week anyway. Even some of the things on the card are kind of unclear. There are a lot of people like uh, who the opponents will be for Andrew Tabidi and other fighters is unclear. Uh, the Ramla Ali, Crystal Garcia Nova fight, Boxrec has it listed as 10. Uh, well, they don't even say how many rounds it is. And we don't even have the weight the exact weight for what that's going to be. And that's also significant because it'll be the first women's pro fight in Saudi Arabia, where they have been developing the women's amateur program. In December, they had an amateur card, uh, a tournament there. They brought in women fighters from both Saudi Arabia and other countries. And I, I've written about that a lot on my Patreon. But are they going to let the two women fighters wear the standard stuff that women boxers wear or they're going to have to cover up their whole body like with like when the wwe had some of their women performers on their show as opposed to their regular wwe where a lot of the women are half naked anyway the boxers aren't going to be half naked but we know what women boxers look like on you know on these regular cards that's not clear and that's an issue for an extremely conservative uh, theocracy and monarchy like Saudi Arabia. So all this stuff is unclear. But like I said, they may announce something at the last minute that it's on the zone, but this is not being professionally done in terms of the telecasting. And they, they insisted on having the rights, and this is agreed to by uh, Eddie Hearn and Matchroom and Alex... Uh, Krasiuk and K2 say, okay, you give us all this money for the fight, you get the, the, the broadcasting rights. And the, and other than for for uh, Sky Sports box office, they're screwing the whole thing up. So if they don't want to promote it, if they don't want to really hype it too much outside of the, the UK and Ireland and Ukraine and Saudi Arabia, I mean, I just don't see the, the urgency to to go crazy and and it should be because there are a whole bunch of important heavyweight fights coming up among top 10 fighters after the September 4th you got Andy Ruiz returning against Luis Ortiz and later in September you got Joe Joyce Joseph Parker all of these are arguably top 10 heavyweight fighters that are going on and now Every day, Tyson Fury says something different. The latest is he's retired and he's not retired, whatever. But the heavyweights are obviously always in the news in boxing. And you have a big stretch of major heavyweight fights. And this one, uh, they're really, they're not doing it professionally. There's another heavyweight, uh, Philippe Hergovich, in an IBF eliminator with uh, Zhang Zhile, the big fighter from China. Uh, I 
expect Hergovich to knock him out, and that could put him, that can make Hergovich the IBF mandatory. There are a lot of important things, but who who knows about this stuff? So it's it's it's, it's also unfair to Colum Smith, you know, who who is making a comeback at light heavyweight, trying to make a statement, and there's been nothing on his fight either. And and uh, so I, I don't understand why uh, why this is happening. I mean, some outlets are saying, yeah, DAZN has the non-UK rights, but as you say, Eddie, it's nowhere nowhere to be seen as to how they're going to do it, whether it'll be shown in the United States on DAZN, whether it's going to be part of their pay-per-view or whether they're just going to let it on for free. Given it's Saudi Arabia and the size of the card, are they going to have the undercard at all? Uh, is that going to start at 10 in the morning in the United States in the, you know, Eastern time? Hard to know. That is crazy. Yeah, it's not, it's not been officially announced. And I've made it, you know, my business to get official announcements and press releases from all these different organizations that are out there. And so as we record on Friday, eight days before the fight, nothing, nada, nada, bupkis, bupkis. Yeah, just just unsubstantiated reports in the UK press. That's it. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens, folks. That's all I know. I and, and, and if it's not whatever, one way or another, you'd be able to. I'm sure there are other ways to find the paper. Uh, of course there is. Just go to Twitter. Somebody's going to be streaming it live yeah. <laughs> on Boxing Twitter. Just or Instagram or something or, or Facebook. Exactly. We'll I find watched, it. I watched the whole fight backwards. The guy was filming. <laughs> yeah, I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> I like only at least I saw it for free. All right. So folks, I think that's that's about it. You guys got anything else you want to touch base on uh before we wrap this show up for today? No? Uh, um, wait, 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 wait. Uh Melissa, let's just oh, talk oh, about yeah, that we, Clarissa we, Shields fight. Right yeah, quick, well, I mean just just quickly, and I will do a bigger show on it. Uh yeah. Saturday, um September 10th in mm-hmm. at the O2 Arena in London, the United Kingdom, there will be a historic all-female card. At the top of the card is Clarissa Shields versus Savannah Marshall for all the marbles. Um, marbles. At uh, World Middleweight, title of Undisputed Queen um, for the IBF, WBA, WBC, WBF, and uh, WBO. So there's even a little extra belt in there. Um, And uh, the, uh, the second, the co-main is between Michaela Mayer and Alicia Baumgartner, who are both American fighters who have really had a rivalry going. Um, and that That's going to be a bang up right there. That I is going to be a bang that. up. That's for the unification, IBF, IBO, WBC, WBO. There's still one from belt Michaela. out there. Let's go. Yeah, with Choi, we'll see what happens with her belt. Uh, and then what's amazing is this week, the rest of the card was announced. As I said, it's all female. Uh, it's like eight eight or so fights on the card, which That's is eight quite amazing. Fight. That's eight, eight bouts? Yeah, wow. eight bouts. Two, right. four, six, sorry, two, four, six, eight, no, 10 bouts. 
Wow. It'll be 10 bouts. Uh, in the United States, it'll be shown on ESPN, USA, ESPN Plus. Plus. Uh-huh. Plus. Plus. Price is going during up. the day, so it's plus streaming. And uh, in the UK, it'll be on Sky because it's Box of Sky. And the undercard is, to my mind, a little underwhelming. Hey, you got to do what you got to do in the boxing game. Got to do what you got to do. It's mostly British fighters. Uh, there's right. one, The only other uh, fighter for, at a top rank is Ginny Fuchs, who is uh, a former teammate of both Clarissa Shields and Michaela Mayer for the wow. 2016 Olympic team. They're all... Three of them are Olympians, so wow. it's kind of cool. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of Olympians on here. And you got uh, Caroline Dubois is sort of, uh, it, she's 3-0. and She's being touted as the next it. We'll see how she does. You've got uh, fighters like Ebony Jones, Sharon Ryan, who are getting, they're new to the game. They only have two fights, three fights under their belts, but they're known in England, mm-hmm. uh, in the UK, mm-hmm. uh, for their abilities. Um and that's about it. The rest of these fighters, as I said, kind of underwhelming. Right. A four and fighter, five and fighter. At least they make, they're the, making the effort. That's the they're that's making the, the effort to have an all female card, Better, right? Um, a lot of the the all you know the B side are people like Beck Connolly, who is three and fifteen right now. She'll be fighting uh, Sarah Legman. and then there's uh, some fighters out of uh, Mexico and and. It, Alternative places, not UK, let's put right. it that way, right. from uh, Eastern Europe or South America um, as opponents with, uh, you know, some with some interesting losing records. But all right. That's the how main it thing is, is it's yeah. all women. Uh, so that is all good. And we'll we can we'll get more into it uh, a little closer to the fights. Right on. We'll do a women's boxing show in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, Eddie. Tell the people where they can find you, my brother. Yeah, I'm on Twitter a lot, at NHB News, and there are a couple of stories I want people to follow. If they get an idea of how some of these uh, oil-rich monarchies are getting in and uh, running their events, screwing it up. There's a big article in the New York Times, World Cup worries mount with 100 days to go. And how they change the schedule at the last minute and it's screwing up all the advertising and the marketing. And that's just for November and putting the, the World Cup in Qatar. Also, the IBA uh, recently, uh, Kovac, the IBA secretary general, resigned. So IBA needs a new secretary general. And they put up an application on LinkedIn an wow, advertising. Let's go fill it out. <laughs> yeah, so if you want to go fill it out, you can uh, you can go go dig it out on LinkedIn. And there have also been articles in the Irish media about the crisis in Irish amateur boxing. Uh, the uh, Irish Athletic Boxing Association has a big crisis among its leadership, and there's a big crisis when the within the Ukrainian amateur boxing federation too. So this whole thing is a this whole thing is a is a big mess, and we'll see if there are any boxing related documents that <laughs> the FBI found in all this the top secret stuff that Trump stole and kept in in his uh, in his hole where he lives in uh, in Florida. But it'll be interesting to see if there's any boxing or combat sports related stuff 
there that, that ended up there. So you can find me, as I said, on Twitter at NHB News. A lot of this stuff you, I have on Patreon, patreon.com slash Eddie Goldman, and my website, eddiegoldman.com. So I'm on Twitter a lot, more political stuff, dealing a lot with our president, Dark Brandon, who is just slaying the fascists one one at a time with all these new uh, new uh, pieces of legislation they got passed. So you can look about the whole debate about that. And maybe maybe it'll time to dust off the Trump is going to jail party access. Hell soon. yeah, I can't wait. We're going to have a war room party when his ass gets <laughs> locked up. I can't wait. All right, lock Melissa. Him up, lock, lock him, him up. up. <laughs> All right, hey, Melissa. Hey, so uh, I'm uh, at Girl Boxing now on Twitter and uh, on Sorry. Instagram. My website is girlboxing.org, and I'm the author of A History of Women's Boxing. You can find it on Amazon. And, um, you know, I'm very active on online and some political stuff a lot of women's boxing and I live tweet fights when I can. Right on, right on. And folks, you guys can find me on Instagram at Fight Goddess Fitness. I'm on Twitter at Angry Afro Radio because you know I am that black angry woman. And this is Sports Justice Radio. And you guys need to support independent journalism because my people over here, they work hard. Eddie is a sports, uh, an award-winning sports writer. Melissa is a boxing historian. And look, why bring you guys the experts? Because you know, I'm just a fight fan. And then you guys, we have to talk about important stuff like sports governance, because this we're talking about the next generation of combat sports and fighters. You guys need to protect yourself at all times, as we say in the business. Until then, next week, we'll see you later. Peace, love, and push up.